What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Wednesday, April 8th. Here's what you missed while you were dodging the news and practicing your Instagram mugshot pose. Get ready for the showdown, ladies and gents, and everyone else. In the left corner, sleepy, creepy Uncle Joe Biden. And in the right corner, Mr. Lie About It All to protect my ego, President Donald Trump. Who will win this matchup? We're now set to see if we ever get to the election this year. (laughs) So, yeah, Bernie Sanders ended his presidential campaign today after a call with his staff to break the news. After looking like the front runner for many months and winning two out of three early voting states, it all started to fall apart once they hit South Carolina. Super Tuesday was no friend to their campaign either. And the Bernie machine failed to, quote, broaden his own support and galvanize a winning coalition. Now, as he did after leaving the 2016 primary, Sanders will seek to influence the presumptive nominee through the means he knows best from the outside. Biden has already made gestures towards Sanders' populist base, which formed a movement over the past five years that could be critical to defeating Trump in the fall. Whether the former vice president will take the necessary steps to win over the holdouts and the extent to which Sanders goes to make the case will be a running subplot until election day, end quote. Things have definitely taken a backseat to the Rona news, but this was probably a smart move on behalf of the Sanders team. They can now focus solely on beating their major opponents and providing more funds for public health groups through their grassroots fundraising movement. Okay, you've probably heard that we've had a few issues getting the small business bailout loans into the hands of small businesses. But fear not. After firing the person in charge of administration of these funds, we now have a new hero to save the day. Enter la doña Ivanka Trumpicito. This Vanity Fair article is so well written that I'm just going to quote it so you can understand the madness going on in D.C. Two things you likely know about Donald Trump by now are that he's a pathological liar and creepily obsessed with his eldest daughter Ivanka. While it would be nice for humanity if in the midst of a major crisis he could ease up on the cascade of bullshit that flows from his mouth and or the categorically insane remarks about his child That's just not the way he rolls. Instead, on Tuesday, he managed to jack things up a notch. Hosting a call with business leaders to discuss what the administration is doing to provide financial relief to small businesses, the president put it out there that his daughter, whose professional experience peaked with a failed clothing line, has personally created, wait for it, 15 million jobs. (laughs) While Trump has told a lot of absurd lies in his day, the scale of this one is basically off the charts. It's so completely ridiculous that he might as well have said that Ivanka gave Abraham Lincoln the idea for the Gettysburg Address. As Vox notes, as of January, prior to the coronavirus wreaking havoc on the economy, roughly 152 million people were employed in the U.S. Trump is claiming that his daughter created 10% of all jobs in the country. It's an extra incredible feat when you factor in the data point that in the three years Trump has been president, only 6.7 million jobs have been created in total. Ivanka then is apparently not only working overtime beyond all comprehension, but also asking the Bureau of Labor Statistics to keep it on the down low, because if there's one thing the Trump family is known for, it's modesty. 
And speaking of attributing major feats to the first daughter, a new one on Wednesday seems somewhat dubious. Ivanka Trump personally lobbied top bank executives to line up the $1.5 billion in commitments to small businesses that were announced yesterday at a video conference among the bank executives and President Trump, stoking competitive juices among the execs to drive up their commitment. Ivanka, who has had workforce development in her portfolio going back to 2017, plans an increasing emphasis on small businesses in the weeks ahead as they navigate the Rescue Bill's payroll protection program, sources say. You know who else has a portfolio going back? back to 2017 jared kushner and it includes bringing peace to the middle east solving the opioid crisis and reinventing the entire government anyway it's not clear how ivanka will be able to juggle the rescuing economy rereading the odyssey and learning the guitar but if anyone can do it it's her or so her father says i couldn't have written that better myself Okay, and then in the middle of all this pandemonium, you'd think there'd be more important things to make executive orders over than anything regarding the moon, right? But our presidente, he's a multitask master. That's why, quote, in between threatening to defund the World Health Organization during a global pandemic and insisting that voting by mail is corrupt, Trump found the time to sign an executive order this week asserting that space is not a global commons and that the U.S. and private companies have the right to exploit any and all resources found there, including on the lunar surface. Yeah. See, quote, Americans should have the right to engage in commercial exploration, recovery, and use of resources in outer space. The order also says the U.S. will object to any attempt to prevent it from mining the moon using international law and encourages other countries to adopt the same understanding. Is there anything actually worth mining on the moon? We don't know. There could be helium-3, but it's a small, finite amount. Would it even be worth bringing any of that back to Earth or keep it there for a moon colony? Who knows yet? But don't you dare stop American innovation. We're planting that flag on Saturn, too, because it's all ours. By the way, Netflix just showed a couple of photos and announced their release date for their new satirical workplace comedy based on the actual new military branch. It's called Space Force. It's coming May 29th, and it stars Steve Carell and Lisa Kudrow, so it's probably going to be hilarious. Look forward to it. Instacart is rolling out some new options to make it easier for their shoppers to handle the crazy influx of requests and demands they've gotten during the outbreak. Fast and flexible and order ahead. No more need to game the system to get your orders in beforehand. This frees up shoppers to focus on actual immediate needs versus those people that can wait. Quoting TechCrunch, The first new feature, Fast and Flexible, allows Instacart to control the delivery window assignment. Instead of picking a time slot on a given day, customers are given a range of dates when their order could arrive. This works well for those who are now working from home and sheltering in place as recommended by their local governments. Instacart will then match the order with the first available delivery time. The second new option is an extended order ahead feature that lets customers plan their order up to two weeks in advance instead of just one as before. This will be useful for those who hunt for recipes and plan their meals, then place one large order timed with their payday. It's also handy as a way to grab a guaranteed time slot in advance, then build your cart in the weeks that follow as you think of things you need to buy. This feature is already live in some high demand markets and will roll out across North America in the next few weeks. So for those of you relying on Instacart to get your goods delivered, this should help ease the load while also letting those that haven't been able to get in finally get a delivery of some food. 
I remember begging my parents for Happy Meals, hoping I'd get a new Hot Wheels or He-Man figurine. It usually ended up being some kind of yo-yo or something else annoying. But this week, McDonald's announced that in the UK, they were no longer going to be packing plastic toys in any of their Happy Meals, eliminating them altogether and, quote, instead moving to either a soft toy, a paper-based toy, or an optional book. Sounds like a blast. The company said the move would eliminate more than 3,000 metric tons of potential plastic waste. And starting this month, McDonald's will be testing paper packaging for Happy Meals toys and books instead of plastic cellophane, which will further reduce plastic waste by an added 200 metric tons. They're also accepting old McDonald's toys for recycling. The recycled toys will be used to build playgrounds at Ronald McDonald House Charities in the UK and Ireland. So getting the move on to start using less single-use plastic is definitely welcome news from the fast food giant. Hoping this spreads to other regions where plastic consumption has really added to global and oceanic waste and pollution. Smart move! Well, my beautiful people, those are my top five news stories of the day. And it's hump day, y'all. We're halfway through the week. Hopefully, we're closing in on a light at the end of a tunnel. I think I see a break. There's a break in the clouds. Chase it. Keep on trudging, my friends. We'll get through this together just a little further apart for now. Don't get tempted to break quarantine yet. We're almost there, my peeps. As always, remember to be kind, stay focused, stay proud, and be dedicated. I got you with the news.